Welcome to day 13 of Tokyo 2020, and to the Ruth Olympopod monologue, with me, Ruth. Only joking, Chris is here! Hey, psych! Sorry, everyone. No Ruth monologue today. No, no. But sure, look, plenty of opportunities in the future for the famed Ruth monologues. Chris, I got vaccinated today. Number two. Boom. In UCD. That's UCD, not DCU. That's Dublin City University, not the Danish Cycling Federation, but UCD, University College Dublin, in the arm. Nice. Yeah. How does it feel so far? Yeah, I cycled there and back, Chris. Wasn't particularly far. I wasn't particularly fast. The gradient wasn't too challenging too often. But considering the fitness levels going into our respective events, I think the effort I produced was roughly on par with a a mid-placed athlete in the Omnium. And it now means that the Olympopod is certified 75% vaccinated. Yes, that is great news. And I just hope that the side effects don't hit you too hard over the next 24 hours. Yeah. Otherwise, there may be a Chris monologue on Friday show. Oh, exciting stuff. I think if that's the case, I'd probably just find a guest to come on. I don't think people want to just hear me talk for five to nine minutes. How could you replace me, Chris? Uh, Who would you you even go to? But anyway, okay, there were some Olympics today. I did catch some. I might as well start with a U-turn. I... Watched more of the climbing. I'm not... Bouldering is still my least favourite of the three. It is quite interesting to watch. It's just that there's a lot of just, you know, as you said, pushing chalk, pushing more chalk, looking at it, going, attempting again, falling, attempting again, falling, then going, then achieving, and you're going, whoa, that's pretty cool. Don't forget waiting for your hands to dry because it's very humid. That's also a big part of it. That's also a big part of it, yeah. So, but so you watched the men's finals today? I watched part of it. I need to go back and have a look at the lead because the lead is my favourite and I've actually not caught any of the leads of these games. So I need to go back and look at that on demand. Okay, but uh, it's already happened, so we have to reveal the winners. We do have to reveal the yes. winners. And it's uh, Alberto Jiménez Lopez from Spain is the winner in the end. Yep. He beat Nathal- Nathaniel Coleman into silver and Jakob Schubert from Austria getting bronze but I was interested in a New York Times article about the man who finished in sixth place overall and I just realized that at this entire time my mic has been far away <laughs> okay so uh, Adam Andra who finished in sixth place there was an interesting piece about him because he is considered by the climbing world as by far and away the best climber in men's climbing so he's scaled the most difficult outdoor climbing routes he's won a bunch of indoor titles at the world championships and the problem for him is the problem we've mentioned a few times he's not a speed climber he's not really a bouldering kind of guy either he's more a lead climber and although he's the very best at that he only finished second in lead climbing but finished sixth overall uh, and he managed to get a pretty good speed round. I finished in fourth place in that, but 
yeah, making the point that the best climber in the world was nowhere near the medals in the end in the Olympic debut for climbing. No, but what was interesting that I thought was the winner, Alberto Guinness Lopez, he actually did struggle a little bit to begin with on the bouldering, mm. um, which, which, which I thought was interesting that he then went off and he, obviously he was fantastic at the speed. Um, I'd like what I'd like, and I know the IOC is trying to reduce the number of events uh, to make the schedule a little bit smoother. I wouldn't mind keeping this event in as a three a three-way one um, as a multi-discipline one and we love multi-discipline ones mm. but then also having ones for each individual event or having the speed plus the combined bouldering and lead yeah why not yeah. why, why not, not? something that I caught up in the last 30 minutes was the hockey and I'm gonna have to go back and watch it all even though I've already watched all the drama that was involved with it there was drama, as I said, on the hockey pitch, Chris, in the men's final between Belgium and Australia. It was one all at 60 minutes. Went to a shootout, which is always exciting. It was 2-2 in the shootout when the referee awarded Belgium's Alexander Hendricks a penalty. He scores. So it's now 3-2 Belgium. Belgium just needs to save this. Australia Swetten goes to take his turn. Vanash, the Belgian keeper, denied him. The Belgians go absolutely mad. The commentators go crazy. They've won gold. They've denied Australia the gold. It's fantastic. And then Australia says, nah. And it goes to review. Ah. Yeah, I know. And and obviously, like, all the drama of the heartbeat music and all that. The issue, they say, was a Lucy Lucy goalie stick. And now, Chris, I know all about this because in my days as a under 16 goalie of average uh, skill. I, I was known for a bit of a loosey-loosey goalie stick. Luckily, what is under- that? What is that? You're not strictly speaking meant to hack at their shin pads. <laughs> but okay. one of the things about uh, club level when you're an average goalie is, especially at under 16 level, is there's not as much camera angles. Um, so I got away with None, it. in fact. None, in fact, Chris. None, in fact. I don't think I've ever been televised. They did decide there was a bit of contact on the foot, but it was accidental. So they go not for a penalty, but a retake. So after all that celebration, they're going for a retake. It doesn't matter. He still saves it. Belgium win. Oh, nice. Go Belgium. Very exciting. Even though I've just told you all the drama, it's completely spoiled. It's very fun to watch. (laughs) Fair enough. What did you watch today, Chris? I watched, of course, track and field and laughing at the Americans in the relay. Yeah, so I've, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of Twitter stuff about this, about um, people laughing at them. I haven't seen it yet, so I, I can't wait to see it, but tell me all about it. Well, no, it's just that in the men's 4 by 100 meter relay, they have, you know, four of the best runners. They have more than four of the best 100 meter runners in the world and yet they can't get a baton round quickly enough and they did not qualify for the final and i was seeing the uh, american sorry seeing the british coverage of it and they have michael johnson on it and he's just <laughs> he was so angry with them <laughs> he just did not hide his anger at how basically how lazy these athletes are because they admitted that yeah, in the end, they didn't actually do any training for it. They didn't practice uh, 
any baton changing. They didn't practice any relay running. They didn't have a holding camp beforehand. And yeah, so uh, they finished outside the qualifying times for the final. And yeah, I think that's just hilarious, to be honest, for the American 4x100 meter relay team not to get to the final of the 400, 4x100 meter relay. I know they don't feature in this one, but it's something that we've talked about before. Poland really have it down to a T for the mm. 4x400s. And it's, you know, they, they've performed fantastically at these track and field events. They have a really strong team, but they put a huge amount of effort into training for the relay events. You know, it, it's not just having the four fastest runners, yeah. as you said, like it, it is about, okay, this is an event of, in itself. It's not just, uh, it's a gold medal. Exhibition. It's a medal event. to be won. It's a it's yeah. a, a real medal, exactly. It's a real medal to be won, and um, yeah, they they seem to have got it down to a T for some of the relay events, yeah, because they actually take it seriously. Yeah, their women four by four hundred meter relay team won their semi final. That was very good as well. Uh, they're going to have a big battle, I think, with the USA and Jamaica in the women's final. That's going to be one to look out for. I really like the relays at the end of the athletic meets, whether it's Olympics or World Championships or whatever. It's always a fun way to finish it, I think. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. Uh, I also uh, kept up with the Irish athletes because some of them are in real contention to win medals. And one is already guaranteed a medal, Kelly Harrington. The boxer who's through to the final of the lightweight division, uh, she was already guaranteed a bronze by getting to the semifinal, just sneaked a split 3-2 decision against her opponent from Thailand, Sudaporn Sesondi. And yeah, she's just a like a lovely person as well. I don't know if you've seen any of her interviews or heard anything. But, you know, she she just uh, she says it doesn't matter if I'd won today or not. I would have kept on smiling because it's an incredible journey I've been on. And I'm so happy to lift all of these people. Uh, I know I don't look very happy, she says, because my emotions and my relief have just hit the floor because I can't really believe what's happening. And she ends up every interview saying Hakuna Matata as well. Yeah, no, she seems an absolutely just wonderful mm. human being and so level headed and Someone completely without ego who is constantly thanking her her team and all the people who have got her to this level. Um, and she's been working throughout the pandemic um, in a hospital. You know, she, she's she's someone who has her feet on the ground. So she, she has said that, you know, she's going in, she wants to win the gold. But, you know, it's, it's just such an achievement to get this far. And it really is. It really is. So... I hope for her that she does get the gold because she really deserves it, but she's going to come back a hero no matter yeah. what. And there's a couple of outside chances elsewhere. Both of our female golfers are doing what the men did and are making a charge up through the leaderboard. So halfway through that, they're in contention. And Natalia Coyle, we have to mention Pierre de Coubertin's dream event the modern pentathlon which we spoke a little bit about yesterday uh, about what well it already exists so why do you need a military <laughs> so the actual military pentathlon the, uh, the modern pentathlon that began uh, the women's competition began today and natalia coyle is in third place at the moment but they only had fencing so far yeah and it, it seems to have changed a lot even in recent years so the whole first day is dedicated to fencing she had where everyone had 35 bouts. And then tomorrow, there's swimming, laser shooting, show jumping, and cross country, right? Oh. Or it's all in one day tomorrow, yeah. right? 
Yeah. yeah. And, though, there's also a fencing bonus round. Did we not have enough fencing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they already combined all of these things. Like, I think, isn't laser shooting and... Laser shooting and cross-country is now one thing at the very end. Yes. In a kind of biathlon within the modern pentathlon. Uh, and now there's going to be more fencing? I don't know. Anyway, she's uh, <laughs> she's doing well so far after... Almost all of one event, I suppose, out of the five. So a lot more to come in that. Yeah. No, I, I from uh, this is completely based on nothing except the last Olympics. She's considered very strong, isn't she, mm. um, in the combined event and in the equestrian. Well, the Irish, the Irish pentathletes are always considered quite strong in the eventing. Yeah. But yeah, no, it should be interesting to see. The, the pentathlon really does combine such vastly different things that it can all change but yeah we love pentathlons so i can't wait for that i will be tuning in just going back in the golf um another major u-turn i may tune in for the final day of women's golf at least on one there's two days left so you could save that for oh yeah yeah chris i'm not i'm not giving 48 hours to this (laughs) (laughs) i will give three hours on my second or third screen fair Okay. It was semi-finals day in handball as well, which was interesting. Yeah, I, I only caught about three minutes of the afters oh. of Egypt, France. And Egypt looked so, so sad. Yeah. I was very sad. So I'm guessing Egypt didn't yeah, the, beat the, uh, the French. The dream is over for Egypt, uh, facing a inspired performance from France's goalkeeper, Vincent Girard, who... Very happy for him because he's had a bit of a semi-final curse over the years. In almost every semi-final he plays in for club or country, he's had an absolute disaster, including the World Championship earlier this year. But he managed uh, twenty, no, uh, 17 saves at 41% save rate, which basically won the game for them. So Egypt now have to go up and uh, fight for bronze against Spain in what will be a really tasty game and it's Denmark versus France in the final also very exciting recorded an episode of the unformed handball hour yesterday and seeing as the semi-finals were coming up the, the next day Alex and I went through every possible combination of the finalists and previewed them so it wouldn't be out of date immediately so if you want to listen to that it's still not out of date (laughs) so give it a listen and actually alex did send the olympopod a video of a fish um making a spectacular appearance at the open water swimming and he wondered would this be a good addition for my obstacle swimming yes yes is the answer we have the technology we have salmon cannons Let's bring salmon cannons into the open water swimming. Mm, sounds like real swimming to me. It sounds like real swimming to me too, Chris. It sounds like real swimming to me too. Okay, Chris, what are you watching tomorrow? What are you watching tomorrow, Chris? Women's semifinals in handball. Last bit. Actually, I'm going to watch everything. I, you know what else I haven't watched yet? Beach volleyball. Is that over yet? Probably not. I'm going to try and watch as <laughs> I'm going to try and watch as much as possible because there's only three days left. Chris, the rhythmic uh, gymnastics also starts tomorrow. Now. Personally, nah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I can take or leave the clubs, but hoop and ribbon. Oh, yeah. Let's be having you. <laughs> there you go. You, you can watch that one for both of us. Yeah, I will. I will. And I'll let you know, because now that I'm all into the artistic swimming, who knows? Well, in that case, I will be here no matter what, Chris. 
even if I sound like I'm dying, I will be here tomorrow. We'll review the uh, rhythmic gymnastics and you can tell us a bit more about the handball. That is an Olympian effort. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it's all about, Chris. That's what it's all about. Until next time. Until tomorrow. Bye. Hold up, hold up. Okay, so Chris has had to leave early to do some unsanctioned, non-Olympic, real-world stuff. But it would be completely amiss of me and so against everything the Olympopod stands for, not to mention South Africa's Dallas Oberhosel, who competed today in the Men's Skateboarding Park event. Before the event, the 46-year-old told journalists, I've never had a real job, I've never applied for a job, but that now he's finally impressed his mum. Immediately after he finished skating, though, he told journalists another story about nearly being eaten by a jaguar in the Amazon. In Oberholzer's own words, I was driving a little jeep and I got stuck in the mud. I tried putting my skateboard under the wheels, but that didn't work. So I was looking for some wood and I walked off and found this little hut down the track. There were white droppings outside, so I knew there was a meat eater around. And then when I walked in the door, I saw this jaguar and... Oh shit, this was clearly its lair. So I let rip, roared like some Tarzan crazy man to let the thing know I was something to be reckoned with. And luckily it bolted out the back. So I just stood there and thought, oh shit, that thing could have killed me. And then, oh shit, I'm glad I've seen it. And then I walked five kilometres to the road to hitch a truck to come pull me out of the mud. Not sure that counts as being nearly eaten, but what most definitely it does count as is officially the Olympopod sixth mention of Tarzan, second in two days, and second use of a Tarzan scream to get an Olympian out of a sticky situation. The first was, of course, the original Olympic Tarzan, Johnny Weissmuller, who during a golfing trip to Cuba in 1958, let out his trademark Tarzan roar at soldiers threatening to kidnap him and his party. The soldiers immediately recognised him and gave him an escort to safety. And if that story is completely new to you, make sure you go back and listen to the 1924 and the 1928 Olympopods and all the other classic Olympopods too, of course. Until tomorrow. Bye. Actually, bye. This is the end.